With over 95 years of experience, Gallagher has the expertise to help businesses navigate complex challenges and seize new opportunities. As a proud partner of the Milwaukee Bucks, Gallagher is dedicated to building confidence together. To learn more, visit AJG.com. Gallagher, your trusted insurance broker and HR benefits consultant. You're listening to a Bucks Plus audio production on the Bucks Plus Network. From inside the arena to all across the city streets, uncovering all the stories that make up the Milwaukee Bucks. This is Behind the Bucks, presented by Gallagher, your trusted global insurance and consulting partner. Find out more at AJG.com. Presented by Prime Video, Giannis, The Marvelous Journey is a documentary from Improbable Media and Words and Pictures. It intimately details the path that NBA champion Giannis Antetokounmpo traveled from the streets of Athens to global superstardom. From Nigeria to Greece to his now-adopted home of Milwaukee, the life story of Giannis is an epic journey filled with inspiration, heartbreak, courage, and triumph. I'm Stephen Watson, and in this episode of Behind the Bucks, we hear from one of the most prominent characters, not only in the documentary, but in Giannis's life, his big brother and Milwaukee Bucks teammate, Thanasis Antetokounmpo. We sat down with T.A. to hear his perspective on some of the key moments of the film, which of course are some of the most important moments from his life and his family's journey. Here's my conversation with Thanasis. Thanasis, thank you for your chair. Oh man, I... <laughs> it's an honor. Yeah, it... <laughs> For people who are listening, um, the audio, he, he's actually sitting in my chair. And uh, not much studio, obviously, it's no studios, but, you know, this is where I do my podcast. But, uh, you know what? I think I'm going to learn a lot of things today. I, and, and I'm actually very happy because I get to learn well, how, how it feels, you know. I actually feel less pressure. No? <laughs> That's good. That's my job is to make you feel that way. Uh, very excited to talk about Giannis, the marvelous journey. Yeah. The story about your family coming to the States and their rise here in the U.S. Have you had a chance to watch the documentary yet? Yeah, I've watched, uh, I actually watched like a, like an early version of, of it just to, you know, because I don't, I don't think I have the heart to go watch this like when it comes out. What we're going to do today is we're going to yeah. go through a couple of our favorite clips when we had an opportunity to watch this. Oh, you watched it already? We watched it. Okay. Yeah, we got a first viewing of it. Okay. Some of the impactful moments for us that I think really showcase your family story and the emotional ride that you've been on <laughs> from Greece to here in the U.S. So we're going to start right away okay. with an early one of your brother talking about you and your brothers. And that metro station was two stops away from where we lived. A lot of the times what those people would do is kind of wait in that metro station and see whoever it was of color, kind of drag them out of the metro, physically assault them rob them or humiliate them. Everybody at that station that was of color is like ducking, so it appears that the metro is empty. Johannes, he always kind of had that proud dad role. He was like, yo, you guys take a look around. All these people are being scared and, and afraid of, of a group of people for, for doing absolutely nothing. Yeah, um, yeah. You, um, you want the best for your brothers, no? <laughs> oh, man. It's hard to share uh, stories like that for me because I always look 
try to protect my brothers in the best, the best way I can. He was young. We seldom see that type of emotion from Giannis. Huh. When you watch him, how does that make you feel? I know. Let's give me one second. Let me take one. Take one second. Uh, okay. Like, I know exactly what he was going through his head. Then I know exactly what he, how he feels because he, we are the the example of you know just positivity and just trying to change the world and and the culture and how people feel about each other and try to bring everybody together. And um, and I understand that at the moment I know exactly what's going through his head because you know like sports is sports I don't care you know I don't uh, if you know somebody criticizes you about you know the sports or how good you are like that's okay but the 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 situation of you not being able to protect your family or be able to protect your brothers or having a sense of uh, helplessness and not helplessness but helplessness like not be able to do something. It's a feeling that I can't, I can like, that's why I, I know exactly why he's emotional because he he knows, like, why is why is this happening and why he can't do something about it, you know, as a, as a 12-year-old, a 14-year-old. Fear was common in that part of your life and in this story, in the documentary. What did fear feel like for you? Is the, uh, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not going to be the guy who says, like, oh, yeah, I'm not afraid and I'm not, like, but there's, there is a type of different fear when you can't provide for your family, you can't take care of your people you love and the people around you. And not only that, the crazy part is that we have that feeling since a young age. You know, people usually get that feeling when they have kids and when they grow up and they become adults and they kind of move on in life. But I had that feeling since I was like, we have had that feeling since we were like 10 or 12 because we had to, from a young age, to feel that way in order to be able to fight through every day. So the overall feeling is that, you know, you... You're in a place that, you know, you have friends and people love you. and But then you have, like, certain things that you don't understand the same at that time. You're like, well, why is this happening? Why is either you treat different or whatever the case might be, you know? And I think, for me, you hear what he said even in the video. Like, he, it's not about him. If it was him, school is okay to me. But somebody who's he's younger than me or little, um, just a kid, it's, it's different. And especially, I fear most for them than me for my younger brothers than me, so. What type yeah. of responsibility did you feel for them? That I have to be on better to this day. The same thing. The same thing. I don't, even like, you know, sometimes people would be like, oh, Thanasis, I know, like, you know, Giannis is, I mean, he's a big dude. I mean, he can, you know, if he gets fouled, then somebody hits him, or, you know, we play the games, and he's a big dude, like, he can handle himself. Like, I'm not, I'm like, no, you don't, I don't think you understand. And I think if they see this document, they'll understand a little bit more why. Where they, we are the way we are, and you know my dad is not here at this time. But how would my dad look at me? You know how would my dad respond if I let anything happen to him or anybody just do anything to him? If he's not here, like him looking at me from above, he would be so disappointed and so frustrated, and he would feel a sense of uh, pain, really big pain. I'm not saying pain is in you know if I'm not good in my grades or I'm not the prodigy or the the best in the world but mostly a pain of like the values this is not what we do this is not how we are this is not how it is to get in front of everybody before anything else and then whoever is next and when you're not here somebody the, you know, the other guy's next and when he's not here they, they, you know they know what it, what, what it is so how often do you still think about your dad every day every day there's no big, I look at the mirror I look at my like I, especially when I have like short hair like sometimes when I like cut my hair and I look at the mirror I like think about him every day 
you know, I think not only about him, and, and the more they grow up, the more I understand, like, so many things I, I re- not regret not saying to him, because regret is a big word, but just, like, didn't have a chance to say to him and say, like, you know, because, you know, growing in a different culture, and uh, especially, you know, born and raised in Greece, from, uh, you know, my mom and dad is African and Nigerian, and uh, born in that kind of home, but didn't really have the the sense of body, but, like, I was, like my dad was not my best friend, you know, I didn't have the relationship, like, uh, he's my best friend, and we're going to go kick it and have some drinks. Still, okay, I got older. When I got older, it was kind of different. But I'm saying to that point, I was like, there's a lot of things that, you know, we wish I could, I could tell them, you know? Like what? Like what? First of all, I wish I could tell them one thing, that uh, how hard it is. Like, I would literally want to say, like, there's so much respect I have for him, for him and my mom for how, like, how they raised us and how much effort they gave just for us to, you know, keep our heads down and just like uh, be nice to people and uh, and just and don't re- retaliate and not be and don't be vindictive and just don't like just don't care about what people say in general and just like really be positive and everything because I think I don't think people realize this it's not just it's not us we grew up like this yeah it's not us like you see it's not us you see guys you see people who are in our age and younger or older and you would be quick to say, oh, my God, this guy is an idiot. Or say, hey, hello, how you want to call it? But it's not just him. It's how he grew up. It's how it's his surroundings, who he hangs out around with. Because if I give an example, the biggest example is this. If he's a nice guy, he hangs out around by guys. And, and then they get to talk however they want to talk and disregard people and be disrespectful. Even though if he's disrespectful, he's going to start rubbing off on him. You know, just like being the same way. But if you surround yourself with people who act the same, you know, being respectful, being humble, and why would that be disrespectful and my dad won't and my mom wouldn't? My dad never came to, like, my dad has never said nothing about basketball. Has four sons who play professional basketball. For a living, made this for a living, not just play. You know, people who just play basketball, played in the NBA, won championships, all of us, won championships, and he never said the word. Why do you think that is? Because he does, wasn't his style. He was never the first. I remember with me, even my first agent, when I first had an agent and uh, and he first came, and you know how it is. And I'm going to keep it real with you. The, like, the agent and parent relationship is different, you know? Like, even in the U.S. And it's not just the U.S., it's just around the world. Like, what are you going to do for my kid? And if he's going to do this, and he's going to do that, and, and I need him to be in a good team, I don't want him to get paid, and none of this. And one of my agents, I don't want to, you know, say his name, but, you know, when my dad passed away, was crying. They were, like, all of them were, were crying. They, they were so emotional because he said, like, one of the best players that we have, like, his dad never said anything. Never said, why, my kid, and what are you doing? And never said anything. He would see us, would see, you know, would meet during the summer, national thing, whatever the case might be. How you doing, how's the family, and everything. And they would want to talk to him, like, hey, uh, I'm going to do this for, you, for your boys and your son, and we might do this. And he'd be like, oh, okay, thank you. And just, you know, take care of them because they... They, I know they look strong, but they're sensitive. Like, take care of them, you know, they are. You know, t- t- stuff like this. And it's unfortunate to appreciate when he says that he's not here. So, One of your most impactful sound bites in the documentary was talking about your parents in Greece and you saying you never saw them eat. Yeah. What was that like for you? And how important was that in your journey? When you think about your life as a parent now, not struggling for a meal, to think about you never seeing them eat because of the sacrifice they made for you guys. Oh, it's crazy, man. It's crazy, I think. I tell you what is crazy. What's crazy is us normalizing it and thinking now that, oh, my God, I never saw the meat. That's the craziest part. The craziest part is not when it happened. When it, when it happened so much that you normalize it, and you say, okay, this is how. And then you go like, when did I see him eat? Like, or would they wait or would they, you know? And, and again, 
it was it was that's what I'm telling you, that's why we are the way we are. And I don't think, you know, it's it's not by design. I didn't I didn't wake up one day and said, you know what, I wanna be this kid and very hardworking and uh, God fearing and uh, just like, and you know, I won't go out of my way. I just wanna, you know, because nobody's perfect, nobody. Nobody's perfect. And we are certainly not me and not what the one says that, but just have this constant self uh, awareness of trying to be the best version of yourself, even though you don't have anything. You know, just trying to be the best version. They were trying to be the best parents ever. They didn't, they couldn't, they, it was almost impossible. You Did know? they succeed? Yes. 100%. To me, it just, there's no doubt. No doubt. And to a lot of people, obviously, who, who watch this and, uh, and you know, my mom is kind of, you know, they're trying, they're trying to get her to write a book. And I'm like, ah, I don't know, write a book. And she's trying. And uh, she's lived 10 lives, I promise you. It would be amazing. It would be amazing. So, you know, her, her journey here and kids and back and back and forth, all, all these things. And now, you know, so... And that's it. I mean, I can't say anything more than, uh, you know, how much I love them. Behind the Box is presented by Gallagher. Trust is the foundation of any successful partnership, especially when it comes to managing risk and planning your future. That's why businesses turn to Gallagher. With over 95 years of experience, Gallagher has the expertise to help businesses navigate complex challenges and seize new opportunities. As a proud partner of the Milwaukee Bucks, Gallagher is dedicated to building confidence together. To learn more, visit AJG.com. Gallagher, your trusted insurance broker and H&R Benefits Consultant. The next part of the film that I really want to bring up was a fun part of the film, was the plane ride that you and Giannis took to yeah. the States. Yeah. How much fun were you guys having? Oh my God, it was, it was amazing. First of all, you understand, like, like we barely just got in planes and flew around, let's say, the world, let's say, to, to say, okay, we're going to the U.S. and, you know, fly, uh, I think it was business class, and just sit down. I might have did this like 40 times, just up and down, up and down. <laughs> It was fun. It was great. It was, it was just a weird, not weird. I wouldn't say it was weird, but it was just, it was just a look and look again. I would look at this and like, oh my god, it's amazing. And then look at another thing and just look, look. It was just everything was just like so new to us that everything was had to be like analyzed. Like, oh my god, why is this like this? You know what? And then when we landed and the city and uh, how many people was there? And then you know, like coming from Greece that. We're talking about like now 10 years, like a, like a decade plus now. I would say like 90-ish being white. Imagine coming to the States and everybody's to the total opposite and there's everywhere and there's just like such a big mixture. And I, and I said that, I remember when we came to New York, I was like, bro, this is the capital of the world. And I'm not saying as a, a market, I'm just saying in general, like the people who are there. You know, you can ask somebody and he might look like he's Asian and he just goes like, oh, I'm from San Diego. Okay, <laughs> you know? And you see somebody and he's like, African-American, black, and he's like, oh, no, bro, I'm, like, uh, from Germany, and I'm here to, you know, like, me, the same thing you asked me, you're like, oh, you you automatically assume, like, you know, if I didn't have an accent or something, to be like, oh, this guy might be from Chicago, so, like, it's, it's just, it's a different mixture here. What was the first food you tried? I don't really, I think, might have been burgers or wings, I don't, I don't really remember. No. Is, is that day just a blur to you? Yeah, it's almost a blur. The only thing I can remember is uh, being emotionally drained, and then Yannis getting drafted. That's the only thing I remember. And my head couldn't, I couldn't sleep for like two days or something like that. That's the only thing I remember because he got drafted. I'm like, okay, he's going to be all right. He's going to be straight. And, and I got to go find my own way. And then, uh, when actually, people don't know this story, but I actually went back to Greece. You know, and people don't know this story. Like, people usually think like, oh, okay, he came to the States and then 
you know, his brother came here and like, no, I went back to Greece. I was playing, you know, worked out, I was playing. And, and then I found my way through the G League and went straight and became the first player to get drafted over, from overseas to the G League. One of the first players, basically, obviously. And then, like, worked my way up like that. So Giannis is drafted. Mm-hmm. He's in a new city. The next clip that we want to show you was about his first couple of weeks and months here in Milwaukee and the emotions that he had to go through. We had a video guy named Ross, and he sort of taught Giannis to drive. Yeah, Ross, he's my, he's my teacher. We got to come to a concrete stop, bring top, traffic this beer. And guys, just to let you guys know, I track better than him. You see him laughing and joking and driving in the car with Ross. Under that was this real sadness, this real loneliness. <clears throat> so your brother came over and he was... By the way, this, just watching these clips is emotionally draining, by the way. I just want to put this, this out there. Your brother comes over and, and he's the talk of Milwaukee. He's the talk of the NBA. People are trying to pronounce your last name. He's the happiest guy. But as you heard in that clip, he was actually pretty lonely. Yeah. To be away from the family, for you in Greece. And then... I was actually, at the time, I was actually in Delaware. Yeah, and then you're in Wilmington, Delaware. Yeah. Getting your shot in the D-League. Mm-hmm. D-League, yes, D-League at the time. Did you experience loneliness? Mm-hmm. How tough was that for you? Very, but uh, there's, there's, the, there's one of the other things with my dad, which, you know, I don't know if it's right or wrong, but uh, I was very lonely, and, you know, it's not like I was... Uh, 28 years old, and Giannis is, uh, we literally at the same age, it's like two years, but like I was 20 at the time, and Giannis was 18, 19 and a half, Giannis was 18 and a half, okay, 19, 20, but, but yeah, it was very lovely, but I, but I was, uh, I was just, uh, I was just thinking about Giannis and uh, my mom and dad, so I, like I was just trying not to show that, um, that I was lonely, to be honest with you. But I was. Not trying to show Giannis you were lonely or yes. your parents you were lonely? At both. Both, because then they got to worry about me as well. So it doesn't make, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't make any, it doesn't help at all. It doesn't help. I mean, I understand, like, it's always good to feel like you're supported, but it, didn't, it was not going to help the situation. I was, actually, I was actually so lonely that one day, we had a day off, Saturday, and I think it, was, it had to be Saturday or Halloween. I can't remember, like Friday or Saturday. We had a day off. And I left uh, with bags, and I just went to the airport, like no bags, nothing, and found, found the flight to Milwaukee. Mind you, I don't have a phone. I don't have anything. Because I just got here. I have, I, I have a phone, but the phone is like, it's not, you know, like not the smartphone. You know, it doesn't have GPS, nothing. So I go in. I, I walk. I, I remember I... Uh, I went to the airport I, when I attached Milwaukee. I remember the airport, the, the, the baggage claim, because in the baggage claim, the, um, Mr. John Hammond was there, Herb Cole was there, Senator Herb Cole was there, uh, and, they, and, and, you know, and they had the whole welcome. So I remember, I remember when I was like, okay, I go this way, I go to this baggage claim. So I went there and I got a car. I went to like rent a car. And uh, I was like, oh, you want another car, this, that? And I remember they didn't want to give me a car because I was 20. And they said, no, they kept saying, like, you have to be above 25 or something like that, like some, yeah. something, something. I was like, no, I, they had an overseas license. So, you know, I had this whole, like, back and forth. I was like, please, and this. And they was like, okay, okay. So I, I ended up getting a car. Did you know how to drive? Yeah, I didn't know how to okay. drive, but I just, I just couldn't get it. Because 
oh, I'll have to pay more or something like that. I had to have a, it was it was a situation that we just knew that they Giannis was, was not a good driver when yeah, he first no, got he, here. Yeah, but I always already was driving when I was uh, in Greece, and the, the situation was that this guy was uh, telling me, you know, like I got to be either above certain age to get insurance or whatever the case might be, and I ended up driving with no GPS to find where uh, he lives. And I remember that he lived next to the lake and it was two complexes that looked alike. So look, look what happened to me. I know, this is, I know you think this is funny, look what happened to me. So I take the highway, I get to St. Francis, you remember St. Francis, yep. Bally, the, the old Cousin the Center. Cousin oh, Center. Yeah. And I go straight ahead and I see the street, like St. Francis, I see the street, I'm like, oh, okay, this is the street. And the house is here. Houses there, and I go left, and I keep going like for like 40 minutes. 40 minutes. I'm not even joking. 40 minutes. I'm driving, and I'm on a, like in Milwaukee now. This is my second time in Milwaukee. I've never been nowhere in the U.S. Like it's my second time in Milwaukee. And I'm just driving around. I have no GPS, nothing, nothing, nothing. And I stop at some point. I'm like, I can't do this no more. And I stop, and I told him, I'm like, guys, I'm I'm looking for Saint Francis. He's like, oh no no, you gotta go back. So so I stopped. I got out the car, walked in a pub. Or pub or a small bar, like when I say small bar, you know, it might be two people walked in. I was like, "Sorry, can you help me, please? I'm lost." And and they were trying to direct me. And this lady was like, "Oh no, no, you went the other way." Because I kept saying, "She said you gotta go left, left somewhere," and they just keep going back. So I went back, uh, and then I ended up passing it. But then I went back again. And I found it like after a little bit because and he, he you know he left the keys for me and I went up and and I saw him for eight hours and then I left again. First of all, only in Wisconsin can you just walk into a bar and get that kind of help immediately. That's why I love Milwaukee. That's why I love Milwaukee. I'm, I'm telling you, it's different. It's different. It's, uh, what time of year was know. this? Was it in the winter? Winter, yes. So you're driving around streets snow, of Milwaukee, everything, everything. snow, everything. brutal cold. Yes. And it yes. took you hours to find your brother. Yes. What was hours. that moment like when you found him? I didn't find... You understand? I walked in, nobody... So basically, he... he I told him, hey, I'm coming to, to visit. He was like, oh, you're going to come to visit, whatever. He was like, you have devils. I was like, yeah, don't worry. I'll, I'm going to figure that out. And he just left the key for me. So I didn't actually see him when I got there. It was like three. I, I ended up going there at 1 o'clock in the morning. So with all this drive. And then I just stayed there, slept in the couch, waiting for him. And then I saw him the next morning. And then, I, and then I saw him for like five, six hours. We went around, talked, and whatever. And then I just left again. Just went back to How often you know, did you guys see each other? That was it. And then I saw him in, uh, that was the one time I saw him during that season. And then I, then I saw him again in, uh, in Philly. I drove, I drove all the way to Philly from uh, Delaware to see him play the Sixers. Sixers. And he had a, like, uh, like, uh, a great game. You know, he got in for a little bit. You know, they had, I think at the time they had Lighty Drew at the time. So. And the other team had, uh, actually had the other guy, uh, Michael Kyle Williams. That's what they had at the time, yeah. So, yeah, watched him. What does the name Joanne Anton mean to you? Joanne Anton? I know Joanne. The reason I ask, Joanne Anton worked with Senator Cole. And she was the woman who helped finalize getting your family here. Crazy. I want to show you something. That's the email that Joanne sent to say yeah. your family is coming. No, no. <laughs> 2014, January, the beginning of the, season, the beginning of the year. It says, we did it. We did it. Unbelievable. 
You know, you know what's so crazy? The, you know, this did it, we did it. it it's a, uh, it's a, uh, it, it represents so many things, so many things behind it. And they, I think they, I, I don't think a lot of people know how, like, serious this was, or like how, like, big this was for, for us and like, to be able to be together, not only be together, but just like to to see this through. Because I mean, I know Alex has said this so many times that yeah, that is like he he's telling you guys, hey, if, uh, if I can't be with my father, I don't want to play here or I don't want to be here. And you know, a lot of people just they they take that lightly because they you know because the first thing that comes in mind is the is, you know just human nature comes in mind is like successful here. Why would you? Is this the biggest thing you've ever done? You know, this is the biggest. Uh, uh, stage you're gonna play on. This is the you know the the money, the whatever it might be. But that doesn't matter because I've been without it, and the only thing that mattered was my family. You know, so that is there is a a big uh, story behind it. When you saw your family in the stands, yeah, I know you weren't there. Mm-hmm. You were paving your own path as a basketball player. What was it like to watch that game? It was a great game. First of all, first of all apart from my parents being there, it was a great game. Like, he really played. Probably his best that year. One of the best that year. And and I know he was so highly motivated to, to, to play that game. But, like, my dad and, and you know, seeing him cheer, seeing my mom cheer and, and my younger brothers cheer. Like, imagine my younger brothers, uh, they barely went to, to watch, like a, like, a basketball game or, like, Division One game. You know, and now all of a sudden they're watching NBA games live, and they, and their brothers in it, and he's scoring at guys that we love and and we cheered for. So it's 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 dope. What was that like for you? That year when you were working your way through the then D League, how hard was that? Uh, it was I mean, uh, it it was hard, fun, and at the same time, just like uh, just a new experience. It was hard because I was away from my family, and I, and I know like my English. I know everybody says like, "Oh, my English sounds great," and I, I barely have an accent, and my English is, you know. But the, but it, that was never, the, that was not always the case until today. If I have a, a more elaborate, uh, like conversation with you, you can tell like I have an accent, and you can tell that I have some words that or slangs which you know which is normal for me that I still don't know, you know. But uh, at the time, it was that was the one area like. The, the language barrier, then the, the other area was just like getting used to the culture. The way I was brought up with basketball was like, you have one job, you know, you, you play defense, you do this, you do like, you, you had like, you were put in like a certain way of, you know how like overseas, that's what you see overseas players come in the league because they were put in a, in a, in a path and in a direction early. So they like, they come in and they're good at some, like something specific. But when I came in, on the time, everybody was everything was everything. Like, everybody was doing everything. Like I was like, oh my god, this guy is. They're posting them, they're shooting ball. They, there are these guys who like doing mixtapes, they're signing branding deals. They, because it was never like that. Where I'm from is you first you play basketball, and then when you retire you start doing everything else. But here it was more like, hey, you can get your business going, you can do all these things. So kind of that that was the culture for it. And then the other thing that I was fighting for it was the I wanted to get drafted. I wanted to have that feeling. I wanted to hear my name uh, called, you know? And the craziest part is that I wanted to hear my name called by 
either Philly at the time because I was with the 87ers. And I wanted to hear my name by either Philly or Milwaukee. But, you know, but which I went to Milwaukee and worked out. And it was a great workout that I had, like, went on. And that's where I wanted to hear my name from. And I was there that day. Yeah. And, uh, and I ended up hearing my name from uh, the Knicks, New York Knicks, which happened to be my first workout. And it's, it's so crazy. We didn't have a conversation. No, but let me not, let me not lie. I, we didn't have a conversation as in, like, hey, we're going to pick you and this and that. Because usually they, they have some conversations like that. But the only conversation I had was with Mr. Phil Jackson at the time, who was the Knicks, and said, like, like you have the tools, like, Dennis, Roman, Trevor. I had Aris at the time, Rodman. And he was like, I want, like you, the, the perseverance, your character, like, how dynamic you play in this, like, this world we see in you. You know, I, and, and, I th- I, and he told me, like, he didn't say I was going to draft you. He just said, I want you to work towards that. You know, I want you to work towards that. That was it. And then ended up going to, to the Knicks. <laughs> Do you ever think about how different your family's journey would be if your family didn't get to Milwaukee that quickly during Giannis's oh, season? Oh, 100%. 100%. It's a fact. It would be different. Well, of course it would be different. You know, you would be one of those guys that you see, you see them every day. You'd be like, what? This guy all of a sudden decided to leave or go back or go to another team why and or you know it's which i understand but uh, but at the same time it wasn't i think that it was a it was a mutual love for milwaukee towards Giannis, from yeah from towards the family from from the family towards milwaukee for getting like trusting a kid to say okay i'm gonna draft this kid everybody's telling me like he's not ready but i'm gonna draft him regardless and uh and let's see it's a bet that it's, it's a bet we're willing to make you know and worked out Behind the Bucks is presented by Gallagher. Trust is the foundation of any successful partnership, especially when it comes to managing risk and planning your future. That's why businesses turn to Gallagher. With over 95 years of experience, Gallagher has the expertise to help businesses navigate complex challenges and seize new opportunities. As a proud partner of the Milwaukee Bucks, Gallagher is dedicated to building confidence together. To learn more, visit AJG.com. Gallagher, your trusted insurance broker and H&R Benefits Consultant. I want to fast forward a couple of years to another part of the film that I think is going to shock a lot of people when they see it, that your brother contemplated leaving early and retiring from basketball. So I'm going to show you that clip. I was good with some stuff. I don't think I had enough time to grieve my father. I had to be there for my brothers and my my mom. Seeing your mom sad and wearing black clothes and... Oh, that's not a good feeling. And I don't think I had time to kind of take for myself, talk with my family. I said, I don't want to play no more. I don't want to play no more. There's no joy. It's torture. I thought he was going to quit. I thought he was done. I thought he wasn't going to play anymore. I remember telling him, have you ever grieved for your father? You dove into the basketball. You did everything to make sure that your family was okay, which was the right thing to do. But when have you ever stopped and said, I need help myself? I started talking to a sports psych, started doing therapy. It was one of the best decisions that I've ever done in my life to be able to uh, develop coping mechanism. He fought harder than anybody will ever know off the court. To see his fight and what he did to get through it was just absolutely amazing. Uh, How often did you guys talk about that? We didn't talk about it every day, but it was more the situation of like, I think it was just taking too much toll, too much toll, and uh, and the and, and the situation with 
with COVID as well, like that was our year. Like I think the year I don't know, people don't remember this. Like that year we were supposed to go to the all the way, you know. And COVID happened, and uh, we ended up going to to the bubble. And you know, half of the guys wanted to play, half of the guys were not ready to play. You know, it was it was just a different like dynamic, and and all of a sudden we come right back, and now we're playing, and we're playing with no fans. We got to go out there and win, and nobody's out in the streets. And we, I'll give you an example, right? You start playing, you play basketball. And you're in this, you first start. What if, what's the first thing you do? When you start playing basketball, like when you just touch the ball for the first time, you just dribble around, you're shooting the ball, and first thing you do, you just, you just imitate people out there, and you just make a shot, and everybody goes crazy, and like, oh, and he shoots for three, and ah, the heart goes crazy, and Milwaukee won, you know? And all of a sudden, like, that happens. Then you persevere and you're like, I'm going to fight, I'm going to play. And then you're like, don't worry about it. the season's going to start, the fans are going to be there, we're going to have a support, we're going to win a championship. And if they don't like, don't even worry about that. And then you start the season, not playing, playing. And then not playing, what you're going to do, and etc. Then before that, you're about to sign like a, you know, a contract and, you, and then everybody's debating of like, everybody's telling you're an idiot for staying. Everybody's literally telling you're an idiot for staying. Everybody's telling you like literally, why did you do this? Why did you say, he's an idiot, he will never win? Him and his family and him and well, and et cetera, whatever, whatever you want to call it. And what would he sign? And he will never win. And that's not it, it takes a toll on you. And I'm, not, and I'm not saying that you get to listen to outside voices, but I think like COVID played a role. Because if you said it now, nobody cares, but I'm, I'm, showing, I'm, I'm doing my thing. But I feel like this whole COVID thing, and the, I don't think he took a toll to people and families and not only medically, like physically and emotionally, you know, took it all on people. And I know that you and your brothers were able to be together in the bubble, but not being around the rest of your family. Yeah, no, but, but, it, but it wasn't only the rest of the family. And actually, I'm not going to lie, like the bubble, we had it, quote unquote, was okay because we were there, we got to work, was playing, but we didn't get the result we wanted to get. And that pays on telling you, that's not easy. Like, there's steps to it. There's steps, you know, you know like I heard when he said the interview, you know, everything is not fair, the steps to it, and you got to, like, you know, steps to success. But there's sometimes that you slip. Now, it's not only you don't only walk upwards. Sometimes you slip and you fall, and then you have to get up again. And this is one of those moments that you, they decide you get up or you fall. That's how many people have done in the past. Fall and then just said, I'm done. And then you get up and you say, no, this is what, what the cloth I'm made of, and I got to figure out a way to, to get there. But I, I don't think this happens if he doesn't feel that way. Why do you think he changed his mind? I don't know why he changed his mind. The only thing I can tell you for sure is that if he had said he was done, or he said, like, done, I want to play basketball. And then I was like, okay. Now, I know that's not the typical uh, thing you want to you wanna hear from somebody telling you, like, I'm going to walk away from, uh, I got a chance to be, you know, really, really good at this sport, or, I, you know, I get the chance to be an icon, or whatever, I got the chance to do all these things, right? Or we get the chance to win a championship. And, and I said, okay, listen, in my book, that is really important. I've done it once. I want to do it again. That's really important. But hey, it's not more important than my family. It's not more important than the people I love or the people who, and, and seeing them. And you understand that when you, anytime you get in distress, anytime you feel like, oh my God, this bad news, just remember every time you've been in the hospital or every time you've, your health has been in, in the risk, how everything goes out the window. Everything goes out the window. And I'm not saying that you, you should live your life like that, but everything else goes out the window. So remember, prioritize. At that time, I prioritized him. It's like, oh, cool, bye. I think Buck fans are happy that he came back because a couple months later. No, they. You only want to hear something in this about Bucks fans. Yeah, Bucks fans are so amazing that they know this kid 
and our family and everything, that they would, they would be like, literally, they would be out here saying like, Yanis, please, and all these things, and try to support him. Like, that's how, that's how crazy it is. And you don't get to say that by every fan base. Because every fan base doesn't value their players like that. They don't value their, 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 uh, their teams like that, you know? But I think like, and we gave it, and we, and we tried, and we gave it, and we like reciprocate the energy and the love by winning and, and bringing people out there. And I, I, I never knew that uh, Milwaukee was this, was this thing till, uh, till we went to the Eastern Conference Finals and we beat Atlanta, came back, and when we came out down from the plane, it was incredible. So. so let's talk about that championship run and specifically the final couple of games because I know that <laughs> you were unable to no, attend all, all game, those all games. Game, yeah. What was game six like for you? I don't know how many times I'm going to say <laughs> I gotta say this like, game six was you what you said before that my story is uh, our story is up and downs and roller coaster ride. No, that that was roller coaster ride. Did you watch game six by yourself? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What was that scene like? Were you just jumping on the bed? Yeah, it, had it, was, it was sad. Like we know what you're fun. like on the sideline at Bucks games. Like you're the most energized guy on the yeah. bench. Most definitely. Was that energy inside this room by yeah. yourself? No, hundred percent. It was energy from uh, first play to last play, and you know because I'm, I was uh, on. Uh, so I had the laptop. I'm sitting, I'm sitting in, a, in a room. I had the laptop. It's on me, and it's getting hot. I'm like, oh, I gotta find a pill. I'm, I'm, I'm looking. I'm, I'm running around, and you know, bucket after bucket. I'm yelling, yeah, Bobby, get the rebound. Don't let him. You know, I'm, I'm saying the same things I would have said if I'm in the bench. I'm doing this, and towards the end, I hear like a huge loud voice. But you know, it's like not lagging, but it's the connection. It. To, to we see it in live, it's, it takes like 10 seconds. And it's like 50 seconds to go, and I get a text message from Mr. John Horst saying, congratulations to you, you're an NBA champion. Throw my laptop in the air. It's not, my room was trashed. And so I went to the hotel that I stayed in, not to get everything out. Everything was trashed. Like it was, I was like jumping around. I, first of all, my, my phone didn't stop ringing for like three days. Straight. I, couldn't, I was just doing things. But then the, the, the next part was even better. I hear a knock on my door, and I open it, and it's champagne, cigars, jerseys, my hat, everything, everything. I open my door, and everybody, and I see, like, and I told him, like, hey, just make sure, you know, I don't want to get you guys anything in the program or whatever, because I wasn't saying, but I was just like, just make sure you guys yeah. are good, you know? But just the whole, like, thing is unforgettable, unforgettable, you know? And, and again, even with the parade, like, it was, it was, it was great. It was, it was an amazing feeling. It's like it's something that I, I get goosebumps. I'll, I'll never forget. But this is what makes you who you are. You know, this is what makes that like, you create these moments, and that's why they keep saying like championships and champs. That's why people value them so much. Because first of all, if it was easy, everybody would have one, and everybody would do it. If it was that easy, that's one. But second of all, a lot of things have to align, and a lot of things sometimes have to like it's perseverance and perseverance and perseverance. And you heard we just we just talked about from. Uh, Milwaukee making a bet to a young kid to if the parents was going to be here, if everything was going to change, to like, he said like months before the championship, like, hey, man, I can't, like, bro, I can't, I, just get, it's getting crazy right now. I can't, I might stop playing to end up winning the championship. So what does that tell you? This is how, this how it is. You just got to fight, got to fight. You just got to walk through it, walk through it. And you got the opportunity to FaceTime your brother mm-hmm. too after. Yeah. What was that conversation like? The conversation was like, get your ass here. Get your ass here, like, let's, let's celebrate, come in, come in. 
You see what I see? And then I, at the time, I didn't know. So I was like, ah, I don't know. But then they told me I could have went. That's BS. BS. Just got to go do it again. Yeah, exactly. Just do it again. Do it again. So if you get a chance, you know, in the next span of our career, do it again. It would be, be nice. And the one up my brother, Costas. It would be nice to one up him. Because he did it first. So it was kind of was kind of hard. But then we did it. We did it as well. So it was, it was cool in the family. So nobody could, could have bragging rights now. But now if we do it again, we get a chance to one up him. So. I want to end with this. Yeah. We talked about your family's journey over here, the emotions you felt throughout, the bond that you guys still share to this day. Who is the biggest hero in your family's story? It's two of them. It's my mom and my dad. We're just product of all that. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, I'm talking about the, even the documentary now or the Disney movies some, some people have seen. I think um, they understand it's not about basketball. It's not about sports. It's a different meaning. It's a different connection. You understand that it's not about that. It's the lesson here is different. And how the way you act and the way you carry yourself and, and the hard work you put, how much is going to trickle down to, to the next generation. So, What's next for you? What's next for me? I mean, apart from basketball and everything, hopefully, you know, we, we, do our, we get to do our thing. We have a great team, you know, great coaching staff. We do, we're, we're working towards that. We're training towards the right direction. But... Uh, Sure, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I love, uh, I told you, like, now I'm, uh, you have my seat, so I'm, I'm kind of in the, the, the podcast thing and, and that uh, realm, which I think I'm, uh, I love it, first of all. You know, like, you know some people just do podcasts just, you know, as, as a business and whatever. I, I love podcasts. I love it not because I love to be out there. I love it because I love to learn the stories. I learn the culture. I get educated, you know, everybody. And I think, like, everybody in this building, uh, as well as the people who are watching, listening, have something to give. And they might not think they do, but it's, Honest fact, you know, my dad and my mom, they didn't, they didn't go to Harvard, Oxford or MIT or something like that. But what they, what they have to give and, and the lesson is it's big. So you get to understand like everybody has something to give. So I, that's the, the, the thing I want to do with the podcast as well. I want to learn. I want to get like I want to learn from people. So. Well, Tatnasis, thank you for letting me sit in your chair. <laughs> It's yours again. Appreciate the time. Hopefully, hey, hey, and please, uh, I want you to promise me that you, uh, I'm going to get you in this seat. Uh, hopefully, the, this season get you in this seat. And, uh, I have a far less interesting story than you do, but I'm happy no, to no. share it in any way. The, the, see, I just said you, ha- you have something. Okay. Your job is to bring it out of I'm me. Gonna, I am. I am. I am. All right. Vanessa, thank you again. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you, brother. Behind the Bucks is presented by Gallagher. A huge thanks to Thanasis Antetokounmpo for joining us and sharing his experience and perspective. Giannis, The Marvelous Journey is available now on Prime Video. If you want to learn more about the documentary and the perspectives of those involved in this story and in the making of the film, you can find the other parts of this Behind the Bucks series on Bucks Plus, on Apple Podcasts, and on Spotify. This has been a Bucks Plus audio production.